Today, we're going to be talking about the number one obstacle when it comes to neighboring. The number one obstacle when it comes to neighboring is time. Time, right? And if we're taking the great commandment seriously to love God with everything that we have and to love our neighbor as ourselves, you undoubtedly are going to be, de- you're going to be dealing with conflict in your life, right? As we move through this content and as you you see your neighbors and you think about this, you're going you're gonna to feel tension in your life. You're going to feel the rub in your life. Because one, we already have relationships we're trying to maintain. I'm not naive to that, okay? Right? You have your family, which can be a, its own obstacle in itself to keep up with them and to keep contact. But you also have your own friends and your own co- co-workers and your own people in your community or in your hobby that you're already trying to maintain a relationship with. And so now I'm sitting up here saying, well, guess what? You have to add to that list. And you're thinking, hello, I'm already struggling here, right? I'm already have my quota of friends. What do you expect from me? I get that. That's tension, right? That's the rub that you're going to feel. Another thing is nobody has extra time just laying around. I get that as well, right? Uh, You know, it's not like you're sitting around in your living room at the end of the day or whatever and thinking, man, I wish I had something to do right now or... You're in the middle of the week on, on a Tuesday thinking, man, I just, my schedule's empty. Wish I had a neighbor I could talk to, right? No, our, our, our schedules are packed. It's crammed. Our time is, is precious to us. And so I, I realize that you don't have just extra time laying around. That's the tension. That's the rub. You're going to feel it. And then finally, you already feel overwhelmed of everything going on in your life. I'm not naive to that, right? Maybe, maybe some things are going on in your family, Maybe you're having some awesome news and you're trying to transition that. Maybe somebody in your family is struggling and you're, you're trying to deal with that. Uh, maybe at work you have this, this big project you're working on. You're just pouring your attention into that. Uh, maybe in your personal life, maybe you're struggling with something and you're trying to work through that details. Right? And then in church, I know that we're throwing a lot at you. Right? We're there's this campaign where we're going to be more intentional on being disciple makers. And then on Wednesday, our time changed, and, and we have life groups now that we're, we're trying to figure out, okay, what, what does that mean for us? And then now we have an Art of Neighboring class on Sunday, and everybody's coming together, and we're talking about neighboring, right? And they're expecting me to do homework throughout the week of getting, that's a lot of stuff. I get it, right? We get it. That's the rub that you're going to feel. That's the tension that you're going to feel as we work through this content. But here's the problem today. Here's the problem today. Is that we have all of this, these technology resources that surround us. All of this technology. We have cell phone. We have internet. We have TVs at home. We have all of this technology that surrounds us. And yet, despite that, we still seem to fill our calendars up. We still seem to pack it. Now, imagine your life 25 years ago. Imagine your life 20... Now, I was just being born, so I, I can't, but I can't do this with you, but you can do it, you can do it with, okay, so imagine your life 25 years ago, and if somebody told you that you are going to, 25 years ago, put your mind there, you're going to have a little device that you can fit in your pocket, and on that device, you can call anybody in the world, you can, you can write to anybody in the world, you can see, you can video anybody in the world, you have access to all the information anywhere. Your calendar and all your scheduling can be done right there. Your alarm clock, your, you can see the weather, not just where you're at, but you can forecast it around the world uh, 10 days from now. 
right? You can have access to all the information that you want, and it can fit in your pocket. What would have gone through your mind whenever you heard something like that? You would have thought, I'm going to have all the time in the world. Are you kidding me? I'm going to get work done in three minutes, and then I'm, I'm going to have the rest of the day to do whatever I want. Right? But yet, despite all of the technology that we have surrounding, it, surrounding us, today, we think, where do I find the time? See, we have a tendency to fill our schedules. We have a tendency to allow our calendars to control us versus us controlling our calendars. And it doesn't matter the resources that we have. It doesn't matter how innovative we become. We always have this tendency. That shows us it's a people problem. It's not a technology problem. It's not a generational problem. It's a people problem. And we have to work through it. We live in a warp speed society where everything's moving so quickly beside us that we forget to slow and breathe and look around us. So tell me if this sounds familiar. Now maybe for some of you right now, it may not sound familiar, but think back to when it maybe did. Others in the room, this is very familiar. And others for you, especially in the back, this will become familiar for you. Head down, you zip to work. You drop the kids off at school, you eat lunch on the run to a meeting, you get home late, you watch your TV, you check your messages, you hang out with the kids, maybe. You, spend, you send out a text message, you do the housework, you eat dinner, you pay the bills, and you crash. Only knowing that you're going to wake up the next day and do it all again. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Now, too often we are controlled by this kind of schedule. So to help us identify this, our unhealthy habits, to help us identify our unhealthy schedules in our life, and this is not a blame on you, this is a blame on all of us, because this is what we do, let's break down three lies, three lies that we believe, um, we believe about ourselves, or that hurried people believe, three lies, I didn't, this is the PowerPoint you get today, so they're not going to be on the board, you might want to write these down, or if you have photo memory, whatever it might be, three lies, first, first lie that we believe is that things will settle down someday. That things will settle down someday. Have you ever thought that? Oh, someday. And, and we, it's like we set up these little milestones in our life. We think, oh, if I can just get to Wednesday, right? If I can just get this project done and I get to Wednesday, things will get a lot easier. Things will begin settling down. Right? Have you ever believed that lie? I remember whenever I was uh, interviewing for this job, or I knew this job was an opportunity. I thought, oh, if I can just get to that interview, right? If I can just see the potential for it, my life will settle down. And then I was accepted the, you know, I accepted the position. I thought, oh, just whenever I get to Florida, whenever I finally move to Florida, things will settle down. Life will begin settling down. And then it was, oh, well, whenever I buy a house, whenever I'm in my own place and I feel more comfortable, that's whenever I can really begin settling down. And then it became, whenever I, if I can just get past the Christmas holiday, if I can just get to the new year, if I can just get to the 100 campaign, I can just kick that puppy off things will get a lot easier. Or if I can just finish the banquet, right? If I can just finish that banquet, the youth banquet, things will get easier. Or if I can just, whenever Winterfest is gone, right, in two weeks, if I can just get past Winterfest, things will get easier. If I can just get to summer, right? Summer's when it's going to slow down and we just knock it back, back, and back. Think of your life. You do the same thing. Things one day will settle down. It's a lie. We always seem so our schedule, lie number two that we believe is that more will be enough. 
that we, we, we believe this life, that if I can just pour more things, if I can just pull more things into my life, that it'll somehow fill this empty hole, this empty feeling that I feel inside. Right? If I can just buy stuff, if I can just, my thing, right? I don't, I don't really purchase things. I don't have money to purchase things. But I, I fill my time, I fill that hole with things, with, or not things, with uh, things to do. Right? If, oh, if I can just do this hobby, or I can just pick up this skill, or if I can just practice this, or if I can just go to this certain thing, that will fill that emptiness that I feel inside, right? If I can just pour more into my life, that's going to be enough. It's a lie. And then finally, lie number three is that everybody lives like this. Everybody lives like this, right? This is, this is just a product of our culture. This is just, there is nothing I can do about it. This is, these are the cards I've been dealt, and I have to deal with them, right? And I believe this lie that I'm sitting on my phone and, Instead of getting off my phone, putting it down, and talking to my wife or my kids, I think, you know what, they don't want to talk to me anyways. The kids are on their phone. They'd rather be on their phone than talk to me anyways. This is, this is what the world is today, so it doesn't matter. Or my neighbors, they want to be in their house, right? This is just how we live. We live isolated lives, and so I'm not going to fight against that culture. I'm just going to live with it. It's a lie. That everybody lives like this. So the three lies, again, and I'm going to open this up here. Um, I want to ask you, which of those lies do you believe? Which of those lies do you find yourself catching yourself in? So let's, re, let's review. Lie number one, things will settle down someday. Lie number two, more will be enough. And lie number three, everybody lives like this. Which of these lies do you believe? <laughs> yeah, you do not have to pick just one, but go ahead. All of them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, lies are, these lies are obvious, and yeah, they become obvious. And they're not bad, that's, I mean, they're, they're bad because they're lies, but it's not bad to realize them in our lives, to be knowing of ourselves. Good, what else? What lies do you believe? Yeah, Mike? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's that hindsight is twenty twenty. You can look back and think, oh, I can't believe I believe that. I believe that lie, but then you like, oh, wait, I'm in it. <laughs> I'm sitting in the puddle that I just tried to avoid, right? Yeah. Yeah, everybody lives like this, that third lie. It's, it's easy for us to fall into that one, thinking, you know what, this is how people want to live, and I'm just going to let them live that way. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I have more. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that just shows our tendency. We can fill it. We can fill it. There's not. There's not a question about that. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, we believe this lie that things can settle down and that. Uh, we believe the lie that that one thing is going to get us the next thing. But it's not necessarily a lie that things can settle down. They have to begin with us, though. Right? They have to begin with us realizing I have to make, I have to be intentional in how I'm living my life, how I'm controlling my schedule. So, yeah, that, that helps us move on to the next thing. You see, everybody has their own stories. Right? Everybody has their own journeys. But, but the thing is, is that we need to be aware, kind of like what was just said, we need to be aware of how much that we are cramming into our schedules and how much, now here's, here's the kicker, right? How much time we are leaving in our days for God to work. How much time are you leaving in your day for God to do something? Now, I'm not going to say God cannot do something with a busy schedule, right? I'm not going to limit God in any way. God can do whatever he wants in any situation he wants. So you might be thinking, well, I have a busy schedule. God's going to have to work within that, and he can work within that, and I trust that. My, the, what, the thing I'm trying to get into it, the thing I'm trying to say is in your schedule, in your calendar, do you come into it expecting God to do something in your calendar, in your schedule? Do you, come to, do you approach your schedule, do you approach your day expecting God to do something in it, or have you already packed it with everything that you need to get done, hoping that God can work inside that? You see the difference? You see a difference in thinking? Are we leaving cushion? Are we leaving time in our days where we can be intentional, where we can be stewards of what God wants us to do? And, and what we're going to be talking about is being good neighbors to the people around us. You see, when I think of Jesus, Jesus did not live a hurried life. I mean, I never see Jesus frantically moving anywhere. I just, I don't have, whenever I read about his life and his ministry, when I read through it, I, I can't pull that out about Jesus. You know, one story that comes to my mind is Jesus is on a mission. He's, he's walking on this mission. You know, he's, he, there's these crowds of people around him. They're trying to get to Jesus, talk to him. Maybe, I'm thinking like paparazzi just surrounding him. And he, he's on a mission. I mean, he's moving and he stops all of a sudden in the middle of this crowd and he says, who, touches, who touched my cloak? Right? Who touched my garment? It's like, it's like he could feel the power leave his body. Right? He's like, who touched my cloak, and, and he turns around, and of all people he sees, right, he sees the lowest of them all. He sees a woman who the people are parting her like the Red Sea, I mean, because she's sick. There's this woman who's, who's been bleeding for a year, her entire life. She's on the outskirts of society because she spent all of her money trying to fix this problem, 
And of all people to stop for, he stops for her. Jesus was on a mission to do something. His schedule was already packed. Or not, but you get what I'm saying. He he already had on his calendar what he was going to do. But he stops. Because I think Jesus realized that people were more important than whatever he was going to do. People were the utmost importance to Jesus. Jesus, what I like to say, was interruptible. And he could interrupt the flow of what he was doing to make time for people who really needed him. Do we do the same? Are we willing to do the same? Uh, This morning, we're going to be in Luke chapter 10 again. Now, last week, we were in Luke chapter 10. If you remember, we were talking about the Good Samaritan story, right? We were talking about, uh, really, we were focusing in on that key question uh, at the beginning of that story that the expert of the law asked Jesus. Remember, you remember that question? Well, who is my neighbor, right? You remember that question? And, And what was he trying to do? What does the text say he was trying to do? He was trying to justify, hey, who is my neighbor? And we do the same things in our life, don't we? We say, okay, who do I have to love Jesus? And then who do I get a get out of jail for free card with, right? right? Who do I have to love? And then who, can you set that line in the sand for me, right? And Jesus, you know, he set that line in the sand, said, well, guess what? Everybody, it's both sides of that line, right? And so right after Right after the Good Samaritan story, there is another story that we have of two women. Two women that invite Jesus and his disciples into their home, which is a pretty amazing scene. Right? If you really think about it, if you think about the context of the story and the implications and all what's going to happen, it's an amazing little story. In fact, we're going to read it this morning, uh, and, and we're going to do the same thing we did last week. Okay, so I'm going to ask somebody to read this story out loud for us. And then right after, if somebody, preferably with a different translation, could read it again, right? And I want us to just sit in that text. I want us to sit in the text. I want to sit in that story, okay? Hear it. Listen to it. Read the words. Spend time in this story thinking about what it means, what's going on, what's the scene. And then after we've read it two times, I'm going to ask somebody to give us their translation, right? What, give us a paraphrase, a summary of what's happening. So, Will somebody read chapter 10, verse 38 through 42? Chapter 10, 38 through 42. And then while this person's reading, if you have different translation and you want to read, just jump in right after. Yeah, because who who's the other person in the story? Martha, right? And so let's, let's spend a moment and let's talk about Martha, okay? What, what do we know about Martha from both of what we read and what we can imply and what we bring to it? What, what do we know about Martha in this story? She's us, okay. What do you mean by that? Oh, oh, I'll tell you what. I, I do that. You can ask Darian. We, we have the youth over, right? And it's the youth. I mean, look at their rooms. But, I'm, I'm, but here I am, like, I'm like, clean all the bathrooms. We're not even going to use these bathrooms, but we got to clean them. We got to clean the floor. We got to clean everything up. It's got to look like nobody lives here, okay? We got to clean everything. It's got to be as sterile as we can get it just so the youth can come, right? I'm the same way. We get everything ready. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Martha's not a bad guy. No, she's not doing anything malicious. Okay, good. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Right? I don't know if you heard that. 
Martha was doing everything, everything that was expected for a woman to do in this society. She was, she was, she was dotting her I's and crossing her T's, right? She was living out the role that she brought, she brought these men in. She was being hospitable. She was carrying a meal. She was doing everything that she was supposed to be doing. Yeah. She was being a she was being a good neighbor. So why are we picking on why are we picking on Martha in this story? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I think that's kind of what Jesus, right? Jesus doesn't he doesn't chastise Martha necessarily. This isn't a I'm going to mark you down you're doing everything wrong, right? And we're going to let's let's reread kind of what Jesus says. I'll read my translation, but Jesus said so so everything we said about Martha, we put Martha in that category. She's doing everything she's supposed to be doing. She's devout. She's cleaning, right? She's focusing on getting things ready, but she's frantic, right? She's living, she's living frantically. She's, she's getting on to her sister. But Jesus says, Martha, Martha, and this is my translation, you are worried and upset about many things. We get that, okay? We, we understand that. We're, we're worried about many things as well, right? Uh, but only one thing is needed. One thing is needed. Okay, what is that one thing? Mary, and I love, I love the translation I have. I, I think it, it hits it. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Mary has chosen what is better and will not be taken away. What do we know about Mary in this story? What do we know about Mary? Yes, good point. Yeah, so, so Mary, Mary's taking the, the form of a student, okay? So uh, she is a student sitting, literally, and this is the student to a rabbi kind of posture. She is sitting at the feet of her teacher. I remember when we were getting ready for the banquet, right? And we had our last kind of big powwow or big rehearsal, and Deja sits up on the stage, and all of the kids are sitting down below her just absorbing what she says. Why? Because they trust her. And they know she has her best interests. And they're, they're sitting and looking up, saying, I'm looking up to you. I'm looking for wisdom, advice, right? And that's that posture. Good. But you made a good point, is that this was not normal. Martha was doing what was normal. Martha was getting things ready. Mary was not doing what was normal. Women, and this just goes to show, this just goes to show how much the Bible can speak, not just then, but now, Right? Of, of the liberating power that the Bible has in our life, that it's pulling women out of their normal, their normalcy then and pulling them into something greater, into a greater role, into the story. Mar- Mary is doing something that is better. She's sitting at the feet of Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing, amazing story? What else do we know about Mary? Anything else? Yeah. Right. You see, our purpose in life, our purpose in life is to love God with everything that we have, and we're going to repeat this over and over again, right? To love God with everything that we have and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Those are the greatest commandments that we've been given, okay? How can we do that better? And that means, 
Here's where it comes in. That means that sometimes we need to forego some things that we devote our time and our energy to to, for better things. The main things, right? Loving God and loving our neighbor. That means sometimes we're going to have to forego the good things in our life so that we can make room for the better things in our life. There's a lot of good things in your life. There's a lot of good things that you do. There's a lot of good things that pack your schedule. This isn't a matter of saying you need to eliminate all the bad things that you have in your life and make room for neighboring. No, 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 no. It's saying, what are the good things that you're doing? What can you do even better? How can you forego some of the good things that you are doing to make room for the better things? Because living a hurried life, living a harried life, living a frantic life, that's not what God wants from you. That's not what God wants from your schedule. He doesn't want you to be stressed. He doesn't want you to live frantically and to move. He wants you to sit at the feet of Jesus. John Ortberg, a famous speaker, teacher, pastor. Uh, I I saw one of his books in there, so I know y'all, some of you know who John Ortberg is. Uh, He has this quote I love, and it it fits right in here. He says, love, take the word love, and take the word hurry. He says, love and hurry are fundamentally incompatible. Love and hurry are fundamentally incompatible. Love always takes time. And time is the one thing that hurried people don't have. Love always takes time And time is the one thing that hurried people don't have. So how do we find that balance? What can we do? How can we live productive lives? Yes. 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 Right. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Mary and Martha, the two, we have doing something for, for Jesus, and we have listening to Jesus. In that moment, Jesus wanted them to listen. But in other moments, Jesus might want you to start doing something. So we have to find that balance. We have to find the balance between the two. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Right. Yes. 
finding what is better. Yes. Yeah. And, it, and that's what we're, we're trying to find that balance. We're trying to find the balance of doing, being active, and being present. Of not being controlled by our calendars, but controlling our calendars. By putting people as the priority over the places and the things we need to do. And that's the balance we're going to try to find. Yes. 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 Yeah, and that's what we're going to focus on now. What are some things that we can do where we can just be more present, where we can allow, we can build into our schedule time for God to work? You're f- Yeah, this is how you know this is the same Mary. It's like, oh, I've seen this Mary before. Yes. We can forget. Yep. So we don't want to miss opportunities. Right? We don't want to miss opportunities with our neighbor. We, want, we don't want to miss opportunities with people in our life. We want to make sure we are in the right place. So here are three things. I'm a I'm a speaker at a church, so we have to have three points, three points in a poem. Uh, here are three things that we, we can begin doing in our life, um, and we're doing great on time, perfect. Uh, three things that we can start doing in our life to, to open up our schedules so that God can work in them, so we can be present with God, knowing that in our presence with God, that we'll actually be, we'll start doing things, and we'll, we'll start focusing on, and here it is, the first one, we'll start focusing on the main thing. We'll make the main thing the main thing, right? And that may sound confusing for you, but this means taking time to reflect on what is important in your life right now. What is important in your, in your life rather than scheduling around those things, okay? So there's a lot of good things in your life, right? And we, we've talked about that. But the order, the prioritization that you make in your life is going to make the difference of all the good things. So imagine... And you've probably seen this exercise before. I didn't bring it, but I don't have all these items. Um, imagine you have a jar, and you have a couple of things you want to put inside this jar. You have some large rocks you want to put in this jar. You have some pebbles you want to put in this jar. You have a pile of sand you want to put in this jar, and you have some water. Now, you want to fit all of these things, all of these things, and this is what our schedules look like, right? We want to put all of these things into our life, into our schedule but the order always makes a difference, right? If I put that sand in there and then I throw the water in and then throw some, those, the big rocks I have at the end, are they going to fit? Most likely not. I'll be, be cramming them down in there or they'll be floating, whatever, right? They'll be all over the place. What matters is the order that I put in the jar. What are your priorities that you are placing in your life first? So you have to put the big rocks first. Then you allow the pebbles to trickle down in between, and then the sand goes into the smaller crevices, and then finally the water will seep in. What are the priorities in your life? What are you putting in first? Now, for some of you, you think, well, it's important that uh, my student goes to 
sports games or he goes to extracurricular activities because I want to make sure that he has all the opportunities and he, he builds a community. Is that more important than his soul or what he knows about God or what he's struggling with or just time with his parents? You see, we can replace good things for the right things, the better things, if we're not careful. What are you putting in as a priority first, knowing that you can place everything in afterwards? But you have to put, you have to categorize what is a priority. Everything, everything that we do has to be, it needs to focus on God. It has to have a direct connection to what God wants for our life. You have to do this in your calendar. You have to figure out for your life, for your family, what is the priority? What is the priority? Think about it just for a moment. We're not going to say it out loud, but just think about it for a moment. What is the priority in your life? Always put that first. Always put that first. And some things you just have to leave out. Yeah. Yeah. And that actually goes to the next one, right? The second thing is eliminate time stealers, right? If you want more time in your schedule, Eliminate the things that are stealing your time and without you even knowing it, right? And here's what I'll say about, about time stealers, right? Pastimes are not evil. Watching TV, playing sports, playing games, all these kind of things are not evil. They can just be useless, right? Watching TV is not a bad thing. It's not an evil thing. But is it adding any value to your life? Try to eliminate the useless things in your life, social media, time on your phone, Whatever it might be, what are the time stealers in your life? Take your time back. Take your schedule back. Michelangelo, uh, whenever he was carving out David, you know, the giant statue David, amazing if you haven't seen it in person. But whenever he finished carving the David statue, people asked him, well, how did you do it? How, how did you come from a large slab of marble to this masterpiece? And he said, I simply took away everything that wasn't the masterpiece. I simply took away all the rock that wasn't the masterpiece. Look at your schedule. How can you take away things in your schedule that are not the masterpiece? Eliminate them. Make time in your life for people and for God, the most important things. And then finally, number three. So number one, make the main thing the main thing. Find out the priorities in your life and make them the priority. And that means everything around it rotates around making that the priority. Number two, eliminate the time stealers in your life. They're not evil. They just can be useless. Eliminate those things. They're not worth it. And then number three, be interruptible. Be interruptible. Be interruptible. My natural instinct, right, and probably your natural instinct, is to do what you want, when you want to, and how you want to do it. That's, that's the culture, right? That's what we've been fed. I do what I want, when I want, and how I want to do it. And before I know it, my weekends are packed, my week is packed, and I have no room to add anything else in my schedule. And you have likely been in this situation as well. I remember, and I'll end with this story. I remember uh, it was about a month ago. Darian and I, uh, actually, not Darian, we were, we were at home, and that evening I have, once a month I have a board game group that gets together. Um, they actually still live in Oklahoma, but I have really good connections, really good friendships, so they Skype me in, and we play board games together. We only do it about once a month, so it's a big deal when it happens, right? It's like, oh, I get to see my old friends, we get to play a game together, um, and so once a month, 
we kind of have in our calendar, and I lock down that night. Right? I'm like, that is my night to get what I need to keep those relationships going. So it was on that night. Uh, we usually start late because they're an hour uh, behind us, all that kind of stuff. I stay up late. But we were sitting around, and I would get a phone call. And it's somebody in our community right, that is struggling. And I can kind of hear, we're talking about other things, but I can hear it in this person's voice, that they're just, just not having a good day. And, and, I, and I simply just say, like, hey, are you okay? Like, what's, what's going on? And, I mean, this person just breaks, I mean, just broken, just breaks down on the phone. And, and it's so bad. Darian, we're, she's sitting across the room. She can hear it. If you can hear this person just letting out the emotion, and, and, I, and I look at Darian, I'm like, we got to do, we have to do something, and I say, hey, do you want to just come over for dinner, right? Just, just come over for dinner, let's have dinner together, relax, and we can spend time together. Now, it would have been easy for me in that moment to say, you know what, sorry, let me say a prayer for you, right? Let me, let me you know, tomorrow we'll talk about this, because I have something going on tonight, right? This is, this is once a month. I only get this once a month. I mean, come on. I can have, I can have some leniency in my schedule. To, I can put these things, this can deal with tomorrow, and then today I can play my game, and then tomorrow I'll deal with it, right? Because I'm, I control my schedule, right? In that moment, I did, but a lot of times I fail. A lot of times, I'll pass up the better thing to be there for somebody who's suffering for something that's not bad. Yeah, do I live Ask yourself, and this is the, the closing question, just for you to think about. And I hope, I hope that we've kind of wrestled with this content, right? We have to, this is a, it's like a flashlight shining in your eyes, right? You have, to, you have to deal with that pain of being revealed, right? And your heart starts to be exposed, and you have to be honest with yourself. So I told you, this is not an easy class, right? If you're honest with the material, it starts to pull at your strings a little bit. But that's what we're doing. So one of the biggest obstacles to being a good neighbor, for being with other people, is time. And I'm not naive to it, right? Because I'm, I struggle with it as well. We have to feel that tension. So a question to leave with, and then I hope you'll take, uh, you'll take your, your chart and you'll continue filling that out. You'll look for opportunities where you can be intentional with other people, and you'll learn to slowly have control of your calendar again. Do I live at a pace that allows me to be more available to those around me? Do I live at a pace that allows me to be available to those around me? And if not, if not, are all of those things I'm doing more important than taking the great commandment seriously? Are the other things in my life more important to me than taking Jesus' command to love God with everything that I have and love my neighbor as myself? Are they more serious than that? Let's end in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we could be together again. God, this is not easy material, and sometimes we can be listening to it and think, oh, this doesn't apply to me. But God, if we're honest with ourselves, if we expose our heart a little bit more, we realize, yeah, that's, this is me. The, the, the spotlight shining over my head that I do not have control over my schedule. I, I'm always moving frantically. I'm always cramming in my schedule, hoping that God can work in that. Versus being intentional with my time with the expectation that God will work in it. God, in that moment with Mary and Martha, help me be more like Mary. Help me learn to sit at the feet of Jesus, to model my life after Jesus. And what a model we have of a Jesus who stops in a crowd, says, who touches me, and blesses the lowest of the society. God, may I be that kind of person.
God, the biggest obstacle to neighboring is time. We don't have much of it, but may we be intentional with the time that we do have. And may we take it seriously to love God with everything that we have and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Thank you for everybody who's here. And I look forward to this next hour where we can glorify you, God, for how you deserve in song, in prayer, in word. And we say this in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.